What's up, fight fans, and welcome to another episode of The Mat here on Final Timeout Sports. I am Forbes Crowley, joined by my co-host, Fernando Doctors. After a little hiatus last week, we are back to talk about the last two UFC cards and then look ahead to this Saturday to talk about UFC Fight Night, Blades versus Aspinall. There are a lot of fights for the last couple weeks uh, that we talked about. Um, I think the first one that I want to talk about was was the Malarkey decision on, on the Michael Johnson versus Jamie Malarkey fight. Um, I mean, we've rewatched that fight after the fact, a little less emotional, and it still seems like Johnson should have gotten his hand raised with a split decision. I say he had rounds one and three. Um, he definitely had round three. Definitely didn't have round two. You know, round one's the only thing that was really up mm-hmm. for grabs, uh, but I, I saw him winning it. A lot of uh, UFC fighters agreed. Uh, There's some pretty big outcry on, on Twitter after that fight. But, um, yeah, let's hear what you think about that one, um, if you had any differing opinions or anything. No, I mean, I completely agree with you, to be honest. I mean, we knew going into this one that Michael Johnson was the more athletic fighter. Um, we saw it on full display, even when Malarkey was get, having some good hits, um, even taking him down. Like, Michael Johnson would kind of get back up. He was pretty good on the defense, even after he took, you know, a decent beating. But, you know, they exchanged blows all fight long. Thought it was an awesome fight, to be honest, but couldn't agree more. I think he definitely won round three, definitely lost round two. And, you know, I, I like, see, like, why someone would, you know, give Malarkey the, the win on the split decision. But I think it's tough because, you know... We took we took Michael Johnson, you know, pre-fight with the plus two hundred, you know, bit of an underdog there. But I think he I think he performed well. I thought it was a great fight overall, but also you know disappointed with the decision. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, definitely tough when when you're rooting for especially a journeyman guy like that who's fought just about everybody. Um, yeah, I mean. Technically, Johnson was the only one to score a knockdown. Um, He had that in the first round and looked like he could potentially finish it. Um, Got a couple good shots in before Malarkey was able to recover. Um, And then Malarkey maybe got a a knockdown at the end of the first, although it wasn't scored as one, Um, or at least it wasn't when I checked the stats the other day. So um, that's, you know, more of a point for... um, Michael Johnson in the first round, so that's frustrating for sure. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it was definitely a great, just a great fight to watch, a great fight to, to start off. Uh, a pretty exciting card that I didn't have really high expectations for. Kind of seemed like, you know, one of those off week cards. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no title fight. Didn't seem like anybody's, you know, if they win, they get a title fight or really any big ranked matches. So, um, it was exciting to, to start the card off like this and be like, all right, maybe maybe this will be, you know, a better card. Um, but definitely a disappointing um, decision overall. I definitely would have given him given Johnson rounds one and three, but uh, that's uh, that's why we're not the judges, I guess. So <laughs> um, one of the other fights that that I was going to talk about uh, was the Douglas Silva DeAndre versus Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov. Um, bantamweight bout. Um, I had taken Andre and, and Fernando taken Nurmagomedov. Um, it's always tough to bet against 
a Russian dude uh, with the last name Nurmagomedov, even if it, <laughs> there is no relation to Khabib. Um, definitely went out on a limb on that one. But I liked the uh, grappling that DeAndre has um, and that he used in the fight. Um, they each scored one takedown, but Saeed tried an extra four. They were all stuffed. Um, and so Saeed definitely outstruck DeAndre. Uh, I think his 77 uh, of 150 thrown to 44 of 95 landed strikes and attempted strikes. Um, Saeed to Andre, and then 42 of 97 to 28 of 74 landed significant strikes and attempted uh, significant strikes. I think that was the, the biggest difference maker in this fight. Um, we've seen now in recent fights or recent years that ground control has become less uh, of something that the judges will look at, and it's more what you actually do with the ground control. Um you got to be able to do damage or attempt some type of holds or something. So I think that's that's what ended up getting the, the decision for Saeed. Um, and, man, these these Russians, they really just are, are just taking over almost everything, uh, every division. It's it's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. So I will not be picking against him again. All right. Um, what does that take us to? The uh, RDA Fitziev? Yes, sir. What were your thoughts on that one? It was a great fight. Um, I didn't have a lot of expectations going into this. I mean, uh, Fitzev's obviously a rising guy, whereas RDA is kind of on the way out. Um, I thought it was going to be an earlier KO or TKO by Fitzev. Um, and then starting the the championship rounds, uh, specifically beginning round four, physically he looked tired. Um, mm-hmm. And his output was slowing down, and he honestly yeah, looked like he was struggling a little bit. Um, and RDA started to have some good combinations, um, and it was clear that, that his cardio and striking were definitely still there. Um, that was definitely something that I didn't expect. As well as RDA's chin. I mean, he was taking some big shots. He was still able to move forward and land combinations of his own despite taking just barrages of, of punches from Fitziv. Um, Fitziv was able to, to stuff 14 of 16 takedown attempts from RDA, mm-hmm. uh, which was definitely an impressive show of grappling and body control. I think that was a big thing um, that people were talking about heading into this fight. Um, kind of Fitziv's... Uh, how much success that he would be able to have against a grappler and potential wrestler like RDA, uh, but who also has the knockout power that RDA still definitely has. Um, So coming into the fifth round, I thought uh, that with another good round, you know, RDA could have potentially argued for the decision and then Fitz caught him with a, a clean right hook, um, I think, and then it was either right or left, but um, absolutely dropped RDA, hit the canvas, uh, and Fitz have got another clean shot in before the stoppage. A uh, lot of a lot of people on Twitter thought it was an early stoppage that RDA should have been given a chance to to recover, but I think in the post fight interview, RDA himself was like, "No, I I 
that was a fair stoppage. You know, I, I was done or I was, I was in a pretty vulnerable position. So he pretty much agreed with that. Um, kind of looking ahead, I still think that RDA belongs in the top 10 in the lightweight division. Um, he showed he still definitely has the cardio to go five rounds. He's got the chin. Uh, he was taking some, some brutal shots from Fitzev. Um, and he had the striking to compete with the top guys in the division. He was, um, you know, still getting some great combinations in. He was landing significant strikes on Fitzev that were definitely doing some damage, um, walking him back a little bit. So still has the capacity to fight top 10, top 15 of the lightweight division. Um, but it is definitely tough because you kind of see the sun setting mm-hmm. um, on a pretty great career. I could definitely see, you know, kind of a bottom half of the top 10 um, in the lightweight division. Potential, you know, Tony Ferguson versus RDA matchup. Two guys, yeah, definitely at the end of their careers, but still with a lot to give and a loft, uh, or at least a little bit left in the tank. Um, so that'll be, or that could be a good fight to make. Uh, as for Fitiv, um first top 10 win, he proved a lot, uh, while he also showed that he had a decent amount uh, of room to grow, especially cardio wise. Um, it was yeah clear that he was kind of running on fumes by the time the the fifth round rolled around. Um, he definitely put himself in danger a little bit too much and and didn't always uh, respond well to RDA's combinations. He was kind of um, would get a little stunned by those quick combinations that RDA was was hitting him with, and then um, RDA would be out of range. So definitely some stuff to work on, but he still you know made it to the fifth round and then had knockout power in the fifth round. Um, and he also proved that he's got great grappling and, and takedown defense. So he's putting t- together kind of a resume of just a very complete fighter. Um, we have, you know, Charles Oliveira is fighting soon. Um, Islam's fighting soon. Benal Darius is fighting soon. Uh, Gamrot's fighting soon. You know, you could try and get him um, – against Michael Chandler, but honestly, I think that fight is, is closer to um, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier. Um, so, you know, potentially a winner of one of these upcoming matchups or, you know, honestly, uh, a fight with, with Justin Gagey would be pretty insane as well. So a lot of stuff um, in his future that definitely excited to see. No, I mean, this wasn't... This was an interesting matchup, you know, from the get-go. I think Fitziev definitely had the first three. Um, but you know what? Like you said, RDA, sh- like, showed his great cardio on full display, even at, you know, past his prime. But, you know, Fitziev is just, like, an unbelievable striker yeah. and kickboxer. So, I mean, like, we kind of knew he was going to he was gonna run away with this one. But, I mean, I thought that RDA held his ground for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always always exciting when any main card fight goes goes either the distance or into the the fifth the fifth round. So um, then now last weekend um, it was tough. You know we were looking forward to a potential pretty exciting um, fight between Brian Ortega and Yair Rodriguez in the featherweight division. Um, it was essentially a, a title eliminator. Um, winner gets a potential title shot. Loser. You know, he's twiddling his thumbs. So, uh, 
it ended technically as a TKO KO mm. by Yair Rodriguez, uh, but the fight was stopped because uh, while they were kind of grappling on the ground, Brian Ortega's shoulder popped out, um, and he just stopped fighting, and the, the ref called it. So, um, you know, it was it only got through four minutes of the fight. Um, it was a fairly even fight overall, I say. I, I would say that Ortega was arguably winning. Um, Yair was, was setting the pace for sure, um, and he was he landed more shots, but Ortega, I'd say, was landing the more significant strikes and more impactful strikes. Um, and then he was also, you know, trying to get some good ground control um, and work with that right when he um, popped his shoulder out. So that, that was pretty unfortunate. It happened in the first round. It was going to be a pretty exciting fight. Um, I think they have to run it back. Neither of them should get a, uh, a fight with Volkanovski because of that. Um, so yeah. I think they, yeah, I think they got a fight together. Um, again, see an actual winner, um, get their hand raised. And then, um, honestly, this, this kind of frees up Volkanovski to potentially move up and, and try and, uh, take the lightweight belt. Uh, I could see him potentially trying to, to fight the winner of Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. Um, mm. so, Definitely a little disappointing. Um, definitely throws a wrench in the featherweight division. Feels like it kind of holds it up a little bit. Um, but we'll see kind of where Dana White takes the matchmaking from here. Yeah, I mean, super unfortunate. And, like, you just you hate to see him go out like that. I mean, I'd probably agree with you. I thought that uh, super even, but, like, Ortega probably had the slight edge. But, I mean, wasn't even a complete round so what can you say um but you know these kinds of things like do happen um you just hate to see it yeah you always hate to see it actually happen um but yeah it does i think that nate diaz became the um ultimate fighter season champion because the guy he was fighting uh popped his shoulder out so it happens sometimes it happens in the absolute worst time um but, you know, he'll, he'll pick himself up and uh, hopefully come back. It, one thing to note is I know that he has had shoulder surgery before. I don't know if it's on that shoulder. Um, but if it is, and that's the second time that he's torn that ligament, um, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's a lot of wear and tear on one part of your body. Um, so definitely have to check that. Keep an eye on his recovery. Uh, and ideally, that fight is... Um, rebooked for I'd say probably early next year maybe um, I'd, I'd see it's definitely have a hard time seeing Ortega come back from a uh, a shoulder surgery uh, before 2023 um, but with that now we, we can look ahead to a pretty exciting uh, UFC fight night Blades versus Aspinall in the O2 arena in London um, going back for the first time since May when there was a uh, extremely successful card. Um, we're going to take you through a couple of, of these fights, um, who we think you guys should pick, and uh, just a couple of exciting fighters and matchups coming our way. All right, so back in London for a pretty exciting card. First one that I want to talk about is Nikita Krylov versus Alexander Gustafsson. 
the Swede makes it back uh, to the octagon for the first time since 2020. Um, you know, he's a plus 170 underdog with uh, Nikita minus 200 favorite. Yeah, he hasn't won since 2017. Granted, you know, 2017 he KO'd Glover Teixeira, um, the previous light heavyweight champ. Before that, he beat uh, Jan Blachowicz, the Polish power, uh, by unanimous decision. So he's beaten the past two light heavyweight champs. Um, he's fought John Jones twice. Um, he arguably beat him the first time, and it was arguably also one of the greatest title fights of all time. Absolute five-round banger. Um, he really pushed John Jones to the limit. So just excited to see Gustafsson get back in the ring. Um you know, I know he's the underdog at plus 170, but I think he's the fighter to take a chance on in this card. Um, he's just got that dog in him. I mean, he went five rounds with John Jones um, and has been most of the late heavyweights that are noteworthy. So excited to see him back in there. Nando, what do you think about this one? I mean, like you said, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Nikita Krylov is five years younger than Alexander Gustafsson. So, I mean, it's, you know, Gustafsson's a striker who's, you know, retired, unretired. Like, you know, I think on that front, I mean, it doesn't help. Um, I think that Krylov's also probably the better grappler, to be honest. Um, And, I mean, look, I think that he's, like, low-key also a pretty good striker, Um, considering, you know, he outlanded... Uh, Ankalev, you know, at distance. I think that, like, I think this is going to be a tough one for Gustafsson, honestly. Uh, regardless of, you know, his last two, his last two fights, I mean, we're talking, uh, talking years ago, we're talking 2017. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a while for him. Um, I will say in the clinch, um, I think he has some of the most effective and dangerous elbows. Um, he will absolutely slam that into your face. He did that to John Jones um, a lot. That was one of the reasons that he was so effective is he got John Jones in close and um, was actually doing some damage. So, yeah, it's definitely tough to to bet on the guy who's coming out of retirement. He hasn't won in five years. Um, he's never going to look great coming out of retirement. He's not going to be muscle-bound or absolutely shredded. So, um but hey, I'll say it again. I think he has that dog in him. He's uh, he's fought for the title three times. Um, you know, he's coming back for a reason. So, yeah, this could be a tough fight for him, but he's not going down. And I see him just outworking Krylov and winning. Yeah, yep. I got a, I got him by unanimous decision. Wow. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't, I don't know. I'm just. Like I said, I'm just excited to see uh, see Gustafson fight. Um, he's always a great guy to watch, and um, I feel like he gets the best out of his opponents, which is a weird thing to say, and, ne- and not necessarily something that you want <laughs> as a fighter. You don't want to get necessarily the best out of your opponent, but um, you know, whenever you you watch a fight with him, you know that guys are going to be really giving their all and just having some some clean striking, clean takedowns and stuff. So. That'll be a good one. Um, and then we come to Patty the Batty Pimblet versus Jordan Levitt. 
Let me know what you think about this one because this is um, there's a lot of talk that surrounded this fight, and it's just it seems like a memeable fight. Yeah, and I'm just excited. Like low key, like a fight that would be you know like a movie, you know, like the the whole like you know press conference bit they got going on about who's weirder. It's pretty humor. Um, yeah. But you know, Patty the Batty is you know one of the most hyped fighters you know in the game right now no doubt and i mean he's fighting in london so you know the scene is set for patty the baddie to come off top as the the weirder batter fighter you know i think that for me i think this is i think i think he wins by unanimous decision um i think that he's got you know the physical advantage uh, on levitt uh, TBH what do you think yeah I mean it's interesting I was trying to look into Levitt a little bit um, his actual fighting not just his antics outside it um, his last opponent was a guy named Trey Odgen I think that's I don't know, maybe that's how you pronounce it who knows but um, yeah, I don't that, know. Trey was making his octagon debut in the UFC Jordan won by split decision um which was pretty surprising. Granted, Trey was a uh, one-time Fury FC champ before he came to the UFC, um, but you never like to get a split decision over a guy who's making his debut um, and isn't necessarily a, a big-name guy. But, you know, like we were talking about, he likes to get in your head just like Patty, so it's it's a funny funny matchup for, for sure. Um but he's not going to get a warm, uh, warm welcome in London. Return of Patty the Batty in the O2 Arena in London, like I was saying, uh, might just blow the roof off the place. Um, he'll definitely push Patty to places that Patty hasn't had to go before in terms of grappling and submission danger. Um, but I think that this is something that the Patty's going to feel comfortable with and be able to handle. Um, Patty's only lost three times in his career and he's never been knocked out he lost two title fights um, by decision in the Cage Warriors promotion uh, he's lost his fifth professional fight by Anaconda Choke and he hasn't been finished since he's on a four fight win streak and has ended his first two UFC fights um, in the first round one with submission and one with a knockout I, I'm on the hype train 100% um, you know they're only Maybe one or two other other fighters that could be more overhyped than him. You could talk about Sugar Show um, or a couple other guys, but I think he's the guy who's who's backing it up. And um, I got Patty by by TKO round two. Nice. Um, you know, ne- never a, a big reach to take the minus two sixty guy, <laughs> but you know it's. Uh, it's Patty the Batty. I think it's just a mistake to pick against him. Yeah, just throw him in a parlay. Oh, 100%. So the last fight that we're going to talk about on this episode is number four, Curtis Blades, versus number six, Tom Aspinall. We got Blades as a plus 120 underdog, and Aspinall as a minus 140 favorite in this heavyweight bout. Let me know what you think about this one, because... Uh, this is just going to be an absolute banger, in my opinion. I mean, I think that Curtis Blades is an absolute menace. Um, I think he's an insane wrestler. Um, 
honestly, like, low-key the best in the division, I would say. Um, and if you're looking at his losses, you know, 11-3 and record, like, he's faced some serious dogs. Like, come on, we have Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis, two out of three losses. Like, yeah. come on now. Like, and I honestly, I, I back his chances in this game. I think the plus 20 odds, I think you're, you got great value there. Um, I think that he could easily go to London. And, you know, Tom Aspinall, um, up and coming, uh, great striker, um, great fighter. But you know what? I think that Curtis Blades does it in London uh, this weekend. What do you think, Forbes? I definitely went back and forth with this one. Uh, obviously, yeah, Espinal is a, uh, a local London boy, so he's going to be fighting in front of his uh, home crowd, uh, the main fight of this card. So um, definitely going to be uh, an adrenaline rush for him. It is the second time, I believe, he's headlined a card. He, he fought Alexander Volkov um, in his last fight, where he's uh, the headliner of that and submitted him in round one. He took Alexander Volkov down, which is very impressive. Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think you have the two best wrestlers in the heavyweight division uh, going against each other right here. Usually you hear about a a heavyweight fight, and you're like, okay, you know, this is going to be fireworks. This is not going to go to the distance, um, and someone's getting knocked out. But these guys, granted, while they still have that power, are also very nimble and able to get, you know, these holds and put guys in positions um, that you don't usually see in a heavyweight fight. So it's definitely going to be a fun one that that is going to be different from normal um, heavyweight fights. Um, yeah, Curtis Blades is a tough guy to bet against. You know, three career losses. Um, hit a brutal KO loss to... Uh, Derek Lewis. I think he said he woke up in the uh, ambulance on the way to the hospital, um, which is pretty nuts. That just shows kind of the power that Derek Lewis has. But, um, and then, yeah, you, you said it. His first uh, two losses before that came by the current heavyweight champ, Francis Ngannou, who is an absolute beast. Um, yeah, I think once... Uh, was a knockout and I think once was a unanimous decision but um, he's a dog and, and he's also yeah, a great wrestler I think um, he's going to try and keep Aspinall at distance during the fight um, I think he's going to try and use his kicks and, and stay out of his reach because I think that he's more wary of uh, the potential for a submission um and that's exactly where I have this fight going. I have this fight going to the ground, and I have Aspinall by submission, cashing in on a on the minus one forty favorite. Wow. Yeah. So. And I have the opposite. But you know what? <laughs> so, we'll see. Uh, we'll check back in next week. See how we did. Um, that's it for all the fights that we have right now. Um, but I think maybe we can take a look at. UFC 280 now, October 22nd in Abu Dhabi, already got what looks like an amazing card being put together, two title fights already, and then two other fights confirmed that look like absolute bangers. We have Pieter Jan versus Sean O'Malley, uh, which is going to be an absolute banger of a fight. Um, Pieter Jan, arguably the number one contender 
Sean O'Malley, the Sugar Show. We all know him. We have Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady in a great welterweight battle that I can almost guarantee will not go the distance. We then have a title unification uh, in the bantamweight division with TJ Dillashaw and Aljamain Sterling. The uh, steroid-popping TJ Dillashaw will try and uh, reclaim his bantamweight belt. Dear God, I hope he doesn't. And then we finally have the fight that everybody has been waiting for. Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Islam Makachev will finally have a lightweight champ again. Oliveira has opened up as a plus 170 underdog, and all I can say is that is the most sure thing that I have ever heard. 100% hammer Dubronx. He's going to retain that belt, and we're going to have an absolutely amazing card. So that's all about the time that uh, we have today, and we'll see you guys next week.